Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shalook. Shalisten, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Shalook, Shalisten. 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 Very good, Benjamin. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Sure, look, we've got a lot to cover this week because for some reason, everything that's coming out over the next couple of months had a trailer released this week, including, but not limited to, the Japanese character It's a Me Mario. We've also seen Transformers The Beastie Boys, The Return of the Beastie Boys. Also, The Last of Us, uh, Ben, I don't know what that is, Indiana Jones 5. Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I can't do a joke about each of these. I'll never get through them. And... Oh, no, that was it. That's it. That's it. Sure, listen, Michael. When you're yes. not stepping on my bit, we'll also be talking about Deadpool as a genre. Oh. Uh, how the Deadpool film kind of inspired a little mini wave of stuff. Oh, all sorts of stuff coming at us. Yeah, a couple of different films, a couple of, couple of TV series. That kind Benjamin. of thing. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. What's... The crack with all of these trailers. Why have we just been bombarded with trailers this week? Was there a New York Comic Con? Michael, it's Christmas hype season. Hype, hype? Michael, they're trying to make sure the profits are good and strong come January. Oh, hype? Good big strong boys hype, come hype, January. Hype. Yeah, Benjamin, that's what they want. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're all for uh, representation in cinema. You love it. I'm really not, Michael. Noted bigot, fascist and all-round <laughs> racist here. Um, not a fan. Oh yeah, I forgot. Benjamin, how do you feel about American Chris Pratt playing the Japanese character Itsami Mario? I have on on two levels, Michael. I'm repulsed. Uh, <laughs> number one, we have a very, very, very famous voice actor attached to that character who has voiced that character religiously for years and years and years. He's like um, nominate Patre Itsami Mario. Exactly. Years, yes, a real Italian. No, it's Charles Martinet, Michael, is the original voice actor of Mario. Um, and any time you've played a US release of a Mario game, it's Charles Martinet. Or Benjamin, Martinet, I'm not playing I'm any not... US releases of any Marios. I'm, I live in Europe. Uh, you live in Europe. You've also mm. heard his voice on the Europe. Any English-speaking Marios, you got yourself a Charles Martinet. And he's the fellow Mar- who's going, oh, Yeah, he's the guy who famously did the It's-a-me, Mario. Oh, okay. And he that did that guy. at the start of Mario 64. Yeah. He's been well, doing it for decades, Michael. Very good. He is Mario's voice actor. So it doesn't even boil down, Michael, to a matter of, you know, ah, well, maybe it's time for a change. People fucking love Mario. People, big, big, uh, big franchise Mario. You didn't have to change it. If yes, anything, but, you've made a mistake. But Benjamin, Chris Pratt, he'll get bums on seats. Will he? Well, Hollywood certainly seems to think so. Why? Him and Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh does get bums on seats, and fair fucks to Miss Yeoh. I have, I'll put my arse in a seat for Miss Yeoh. I don't know, Ben. I reckon that Michelle Yeoh has some sort of Nicolas Cage-style debt problem. Um, well, maybe. And now she'll maybe. just be in anything. But that's neither here nor there, Benjamin. Were you any more or less excited by the Mario trailer? Um, I think it looks brilliant. I think it's got a really nice feel to it. Um I think it looks like it, it might have a very good sense of humour. Mm, it's got um, Donkey Kong in it, Ben. Donkey Kong's in there pummeling. <laughs> uh, that that version of Donkey Kong. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I'm all for it. Very good. Um, it's got a Mario Karting. It's got a bit of karting with the lads from Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a sassy independent woman called Peach. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't need no rescuing. She doesn't need no rescuing, Michael, even though that has been the premise of literally every single series of the franchise. I have only played two Mario games ever, Benjamin. I'm in no position to comment. You're probably fine uh, not playing the rest of Michael. They get no. very similar after a while. Benjamin, um, I think they're they're generally upheld as one of the best video game series of all times. Yeah. So I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if your comment there is going to hold weight with our video gaming listeners. Highly doubtful, Michael. But then again, very few of my comments hold weight with anybody. That's true. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's that's actually painfully Michael true so even when you when you move on right I, I think it's fair to say that Jack Black as Bowser is an inspired piece of casting 
My favourite thing about Jack Black as Bowser is he's not doing Jack Black. He's not going, jim bop bop I'm Bowser. No. He's doing he's doing his own thing. Keegan-Michael Key is told, I will watch anything that Keegan-Michael Key is in. Great. He's very good, yep. Okay. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, fine. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. fine. He's got a big jolly energy. It's going to work pretty well. Mm. Um, then there's Anya Taylor-Joy, who's Princess Peach. She's the hot ticket right now, Michael. Um, so hot right now. That's why she's in there doing this. But And then Charlie Day is Luigi. Now, I love Charlie Day. I'll watch him in anything he's in. It's um, always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny. I absolutely love it. And he's got a good voice for a nervous, kind of anxious character, which is what Luigi is. The key thing to all of them, Michael, is they don't have a famous voice attached to them. Mm, go on. They don't sell a franchise. They don't have catchphrases. Peach doesn't have a... Oh no! Well, I suppose she has the the save me Mario, but that's yes, not really uh, a catchphrase. Yeah, I mean another castle. And Luigi's always going, "Ah, oh, look, it's fucking ghosts." Yeah, that's that's his exact catchphrase, Michael. I think they've toned that down for yeah. uh, this release. For the, but yeah, for the release, normally yeah. you'd be spot on. But Chris Pratt, and then he said, "Oh, it's unlike anything you ever heard." I watched that trailer, Michael. It's just Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt doing a it's Brooklyn accent. Is Chris Pratt doing a Mario? He goes, "A oh, whoopee." And I, I just... He goes, a Yahoo! I mean, I'm not invested, Michael. I don't really care about the Mario movie. But I do think it's a bit of a finger in the middle of the face. And the other interesting thing is, Michael, he's really turned a lot of the voice actors of of Hollywood against him. Tara Strong has come out and said, look, I mean, Chris Pratt's fine, but it should have been Charles. Because yeah, Charles yeah, yeah. Martinet is apparently a very beloved uh, voice actor. Is he any he's, use, though? Well, he just does Mario, Michael. I don't yeah, think he I know has he does, to be any use. Uh, yeah, he does have to be any use, Ben. There's one thing going being Mario in a video game and going, woohoo, yippee, it's a me, Mario, and then being able to deliver the centre of a dramatic performance for two hours. Well, that's a good argument. That's a good Thank argument, you. and I'll Thank take you. it on board, Michael. It's not my um, first ever time having a conversation about films. It isn't, Michael. You're a mad fan for films. I think Quentin Tarantino and his feet shots are your magnum opus kind of argument, aren't they? You're just like, here's why you need to have those grotesquely exploitable feet shots in Tarantino because he's a genius, you see. He is a Um, genius. He's a cinematic genius. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what you've always said, Michael. And it's always been uncomfortable in the pub after a certain amount of pints. But look, what can you do? Um, I'm 40. I haven't been to the pub in weeks. uh, Nor have I, Michael. Fucking pubs. You were at that party time. last week that I wasn't invited to. Yeah, I know, but that's different, Michael. Oh, because I wasn't invited. That's, that's a party. Listen <laughs> um, Mario. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of beloved franchises which have never put a foot wrong. Never. How excited are you for the next Transformers film? Transformers, what's continuity? What's continuity? So, Michael, I thought we got a reboot when Hayley Steinfeld... Was was doing her strange Disney Herbie becomes an alien life form um, yeah. thing, um, but apparently we're not getting that, Michael. No, I think it um, is. I think this is set in the nineties. What? Well, all of the cars are from the nineties. As um, an aficionado of nineties cars, Ben, I can tell you that you? all all of the yes, all oh. of the car. Oh, I love nineties cars, Ben. Okay, the Nissan Fair Lady Z, Ben. Oh, you've all, you have actually waxed lyrical to me about the Nissan Fair Lady uh, Z or the Datsun Z80, as it was called in, in this country. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about that, Michael. Um, yes, well, Benjamin, I, that's actually a late seventies car. But look, that's neither here nor there, Benjamin. Yes, it looks like it might be set in the nineties. Uh, yes, uh, so I'm reading here, Michael. I'm having a little look here because I'm very confused look. by it. Apparently, it is an official sequel to Bumblebee. It is or it isn't. It is. Okay, so According it's an to official Wikipedia. sequel to Bumblebee. Bumblebee. 2018's Bumblebee. Bumblebee, yeah. The famous Bumblebee. film Bumblebee, yes. yes. But it's not an official sequel to all the rest of the Transformers films then. It is the seventh instalment in this goddamn franchise. <laughs> it's non-stop, they're just coming at you, man. I, I just, I, I don't know. Um... They've somehow, Michael, Michael, take a guess there for me. <laughs> You're going to enjoy this. So the setup that we got, Michael, and the first thing I said watching this trailer with you is, Jesus, Optimus Prime and uh, and the, the big monkey fella. Yes. They're, uh, they're very similar sounding, aren't they? They're very similar sounding, Ben, because in the TV show, Benjamin, Beast Wars. Yeah. They are Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal. 
And okay. I don't know if they're going to use the name Optimus Primal in this. I hope they do. They are. Are they? Well, I'm looking at it here. You say that, Benjamin. I assume you're looking at a Wikipedia. Yes, I am. And they very rarely name characters in these films. Okay, that's fair. They, they very rarely say the names of characters out loud, that, which that leads to true. all sorts of confusion for Transformers fans, Benjamin, going, was that Blitzwing or Starscream? Which one is this? Which one is it? It's kind of got Blitzwing's personality, but Starscream's transformation scheme, but Blitzwing's colours. And what? Who is it? Is Blitzwing, is Starscream not dead? You know what I mean? They don't give a shit, Benjamin. They do not give a flying monkey's fecal matter about where these characters come from. I don't know if this monkey has fecal matter. He might not, Benjamin. It might just be nanobots. Or but, oil. Yeah. In, in the TV show, Benjamin, Optimus Primal was a great, great, great descendant of Optimus Prime. Ah. Now, Benjamin, I don't know if that means that the robots were fucking. I think it does, Michael. I think that's I exactly think, what that means. I think it means that they were. Yeah. So that's, that is, why they, yeah. that's why they look and sound the same in the, in the show, Ben. Uh, well, it isn't, Michael, because it's Peter Cullen playing Optimus Prime. Yes, it's always Peter Cullen playing Optimus Prime. He's always going, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. And then it's none other than Ron Perlman playing Optimus Primal. Optimus Squarehead, Ron Perlman himself. Oh, Ron Perlman. Guess who's playing uh, Optimus Primal's gal Friday air razor, Michael? Benjamin, you're playing this guessing game with me and no, no, no. Transformers no, no, no. fan. No, no, you just spoke about it. No, Benjamin, I, what I'm about to say is I know. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> so we can play the guessing game. If you would like me to do a conceit where I don't know that it's Michelle Yeoh, then we we can. Can we do the conceit? Because I felt yeah, really yeah. chuffed. Okay, yeah, okay, right, go on, so, ask me Michael, again. Go on, see if you can guess. See if okay. you can guess. You'll never get this, Michael. You'll never right. get this. See if you can guess. Yes, okay, what? okay, edge of your seat, I know, I know. Yeah. See yeah. if you can guess who plays... Optimus Primal's Gal Friday Air Razor. Go on, you'll never Air guess. Air Razor Benjamin, the Transformer who turns into some sort of eagle. I'd a say Peregrine probably, Falcon. A Peregrine Falcon, Benjamin. It's probably a hot young thing of the moment, Anya Taylor Joy. It is not Anya Taylor Joy. Oh boy, I got you. Oh, you've bloody got me. You've hoisted me by my own Transformers knowledge petard. It's only Michelle Yeoh, Michael. Oh, she's in everything, Benjamin. I reckon she has some sort of Nicolas Cage-esque debt that she has to pay off. Amazing. What a great joke first time. Thank um, you. Well, that's, you see, Ben, I knew that Michelle Yeoh was in this and I was kind of setting up a bit where I was going to keep saying that about Michelle Yeoh, but you've stepped on that now. You've fucked that completely for me. Sorry. Another thing you've ruined for me. Just, a, yeah, just another thing along with your life and yeah. your podcast. Benjamin, speaking yeah. of stealing characters and getting them all mixed up and not giving a shit of them, Pete Davidson, your noted ally, <laughs> Pete, Pete Davidson. Is playing the character Mirage, apparently. Yes, apparently. Who's Mirage, Michael? Tell me more. Mirage is from the original series, Benjamin, Generation 1, as it's known in Transformers. And he was a kind of elitist Transformers kind of lord and big game hunter who, when he came to Earth, he took on the form of a Formula One car. And he also had the ability to turn invisible and create Mirage duplicates of himself. That's a lot of stuff going on, Michael. Yeah, yeah, Benjamin, but you'll note that in the trailer where he's driving around, he's not a bloody Formula One car, is he? He's a bloody Porsche. He's a Porsche or a Porsche, depending on if you're a pedant. It's depending on if you're a big pedantophile. Benjamin, and I'll tell you what, that Porsche looks very much like, but not exactly like, the original form of jazz. Oh, they've done it again, Michael. They've done it again. they just like, just fuck it. We don't give a shit. We don't care what the name of any of these characters are. They really don't. They don't give an absolute they monkeys. Don't. They Benjamin. couldn't give a monkeys. What a cast, though. Uh, Liza Koshy's in it, Michael. Noted internet star Liza Koshy. Is she going to be RC, Benjamin? She's RC, Michael. The Autobot commander who transforms into a red-white Ducati 916 motorcycle, otherwise known as the, for some reason, anatomically female Transformer. Well, Benjamin, they've been going for quite a while. They were in several of the other films, too. Oh, were they? Okay. I haven't yeah. watched any of the films, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always girl robots and they have, I wouldn't say breasts, but they definitely have chestal protrusions. I see. I see. For some reason. Uh, John DiMaggio's in there. Bender himself, yeah. 
Bender himself, he's going to play Stratosphere. Yeah, whoever that is. Um, he is an Autobot air soldier who transforms into a cargo plane. Once again, I did know. I was just, I was. You were just letting I, me. I was doing a big sarcasm. Yeah, very good. Very. I'll good. tell you what, Ben. I don't care. I'll go see it. Obviously. Well, um, yes, because you're a fan of the the series, Michael. Am I? No, I'm not. You're I'm very a huge much fan of the Michael Bay Transformers. That's what got you into Transformers in the first place. Oh no. Yeah, that's, that's not the, true. You've bloody it, made an absolute mockery of me. I have, yeah. That's why you bought all those cool toys for an exorbitant price behind you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about those. Benjamin, I'll tell you what, though. What? If, uh, if I... i tell you what, though. Hold on, hold on. I've, this, I'm working this out for a second. Sorry, I'll tell you what, time. Ben. Um, there used to be millions of Transformers, original Transformers fans, but... The, the movies have really whittled us down and I think I might be the last of us. Ah, uh, Michael, that's very well done now. That was that was a buttery smooth... That was a Dairy Gold sponsorable segue. Because, uh, Michael, we got the first full official trailer for The Last of Us video game movie, or er, series adaptation. Benjamin, it's got Pedro Pascal in it. It's got Pedro Pascal. Noted, noted good guy, Pedro Pascal. People like him. I love him. I love him. Uh, Big yeah, Daddy yeah, Pascal yeah, yeah. is what I call him. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even make you. He doesn't even make me. No, it's a voluntary uh it's a voluntary naming. Benjamin, yeah. I've never played The Last of Us. Uh I have played a little bit of The Last of Us, but not much. It probably frightened you, did it? I'm a very easily frightened man. Mm. You see. Yeah. Um which is unfortunate. Yeah. What are you doing? Are you looking something up? I can tell by the look of your eyes and the clicking. What are you it's looking the, up? It's the focus, Michael. I have to focus. <laughs> what are you looking up? Tell me yeah, what you're I'm looking, looking up. I'm looking up The Last of Us to find out the name of the young girl in it who was in Game of Thrones, but whose name I can't remember because I don't want to be a sexist. Oh, the actress. Yeah, the actress. She played Lord Lord Joanna she, Mormont? Yeah, she played the little bear. Yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, I'm sick of you not helping. Um. Yeah, oh... Bloody hell, I'm sick of you. Oh, oh my. That's her, is it? That's her who's playing Ellie from The Last yeah. of Us. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Benjamin. Yeah. One of the most famous things about The Last of Us is the absolutely grim and harrowing opening scene. Yes. You've told me about it before. I have. And, Benjamin, correct me if I'm wrong, in the opening scene, and there might be spoilers here for this, so avert your ears if you're planning on watching The Last of Us and don't want any video game spoilers. Go on, you have that there. Averted. Um, Benjamin, you told me that the character of Joel, played in this by Petro Pascal as Wolverine. Yes. He is trying to escape from the zombie infestation at the start with his own daughter. I think so, yes. And she gets brutally killed in front of his very eyes? Yes. By criminals or guards or something? It's It's people. Just bad eggs. Yeah. And then he picks up Ellie as a kind of surrogate daughter. No, 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 Michael. It's very clear in the trailer. She's just cargo. She's just cargo, Benjamin. The famous line from the transporter. From the transporter. Starting Jason Statham. Don't get attached. He's just cargo, mate. Oh, bloody hell. Don't get attached to the cargo, mate. Oh, apples and pears. Oh, oh very good. Benjamin, I, did, I wasn't very inspired by this trailer again, to be honest. I, I cannot see myself sitting down to watch The Last of Us, the series. It, it looks like, Michael, it's taking a few hefty notes from The Walking Dead. Very it, The Walking Dead. It looks like somebody, Michael, may yeah. have watched The Walking Dead and picked up the wrong part of what people liked about it. They may have turned around and said, do you know what people, do you know what I bet people really like about this? Daryl. The slow burn element of it. Oh. I, bet they, I bet they really enjoy a stretched out plot. <laughs> that's what I bet that's really what wets their gums, you know. Be- Benjamin, I only got one episode into that thing where the little boy had the horns. Uh, oh, bloody Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. I only got one episode I'm, into that. I'm so impressed that I got that. Yeah, Just thank you. For the, thank for you. the record. Thank you for that your was, help and assistance, Benjamin. <laughs> that, was, that was very good. The little boy has the horns. But this is very, it seems very thematically, narratively, structurally similar. Uh, I it it does seem like oh you're special oh am I oh am I special oh why yeah, yeah. it's like you're just special and then Benjamin in it looks like in one of the early episodes they're going to be you know forced to stay with an elderly couple yeah, who are going to tell them don't carry on this journey yeah it's a classic 
yeah, it's like, oh, like you don't want to go that way. It's going to hit all the tropes, Benjamin. The one thing that did pique my interest slightly is it has your favourite actor and mine, our very own Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman in it. Ron Swanson. People love him, Ben. People love Ron Swanson almost as much as they love Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on just on goodwill alone, it's probably going to do okay. It's probably going to be fine, Michael. Sure, goodwill. Uh, I'd imagine she's in there somewhere. Maybe she's one of the clickers. Maybe she's in it. I imagine she's in one of the early episodes at the very least. Do you know what I reckon, Michael? What is it? I reckon she's got some kind of Nicolas Cage-style gambling debt. Yeah, I reckon that's what it is. Benjamin, we've you haven't put blood blood origins on. That's what was missing. <laughs> Speaking of Michelle Yeoh's crippling gambling debt. Speaking of Michelle Yeoh's crippling gambling debt, Benjamin... I knew I forgot something in the intro. The Witcher <laughs> fan fiction, Benjamin. The Witcher Blood Origins coming out in... When's that? Is that January too? Yeah. January, I don't know, probably. Uh, Michael, again, it's it's a case of maybe miswatching the show. People watched The Witcher and said, oh, it's definitely not the monsters or the big sexy monster hunter mm. or the very, very noticeable attention to detail when it comes to having him interact with monsters and treating them with kind of care and respect on occasion. No, it's it's not that that people like about this show. I bet no. it's the very loose, not very well-defined possible history yeah. That's going on in this show. It's our fantasy world that people like. People don't care about the character Gerard and the actor, um, what's his name again? Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody um, cares about that. Nobody cares about that. People want to hear the history of our rather generic Central European fantasy realm. That's one of the, the key rules of, of writing a, a fantasy world. Remember that your readers will always care as much about the minutiae and world building as you do. Um, that is, you know, that's, that's a golden rule. <laughs> that is the second golden rule. What's of, the first? Of taking, taking a beloved franchise and needlessly and vaguely expanding on its origin story. The first rule is get Lenny Henry in it. Get Lenny Henry in it and he'll he'll probably it. do an offensive accent. Get him in it, get him to do an offensive accent, get him to play a stereotype for you. So, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting, Michael, that I think they must have looked at the Rings of Power and said, oh, we've got a franchise we can do that with. Or Game of Thrones, uh, Game of Dragons, so many Oh, dragons. yeah, I guess, yeah. And then they're just a little bit late to the party now. And I bet they're kind of sweating it now because Rings of Power wasn't that well received. Pretty negatively received. I, I don't yeah. know if anyone knows how well it did. It, there, it definitely generated chatter, Ben. So people were watching it. I was I, almost I, begrudgingly watching it. I know House of the Dragon did well. I well, watched House of the Dragon. I didn't watch House of the Dragon. That's interesting. I know that House of the Dragon was definitely was generally better received, but I don't know if it did better. Oh my goodness! What a and, what a conundrum, Michael. Exactly, Benjamin. And you have to factor in that the metric of success for these shows is very different to what it used to be. Yeah. Um, the metric for success now is how well did it feed the algorithm? Yes, did people click on it randomly? Yeah, did people um, click on it and sign up and pay money? That's what we really want to know, Michael. Yeah. I, I just I just don't know if I have any more room in my heart, Michael, for a, oh, oh there's an empire. And oh, oh boy, oh boy, it's not going people. well. And the worst sin of this trailer is there's like, they're outsiders. It's like, Seven yes, we know. Outsiders. We know they're fucking outsiders. You Look at them. Me. Look how diverse and, and interesting they are. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you don't literally call them outsiders. That's not Seven how it works. outsiders come together. Benjamin, this, like... Like everything that features seven outsiders coming together to topple an evil empire, this is someone's original idea for a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that they have now just kind of cross-written into fitting into the Witcher universe. Yeah. And the Witcher has gone, yeah, fuck, that'll do. Get it out there before Rings of Power. And they, they failed. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to saturate Lenny Henry. We don't want people. We don't want people not talking about our show. Do you think Lenny Henry just had a really great time dressing up and doing an offensive act? And he's like, find me more stuff like that to his agent. Look, all credit to Lenny Henry. I thought he was actually quite good in Rings of Power. And I don't imagine that the accent decision was his. Probably not. Isn't it an interesting resurgence in the career of Lenny Henry that he's suddenly become a genre actor? 
that he's suddenly become an actor at all. I wasn't aware that Lenny Henry was anything other than a comedian at one point. Yeah, he, he was just a kind of jolly stand-up comedian who has now become a kind of serious older gentleman fantasy and sci-fi actor. A thespian. Don't we all wish we could do that in our later age, later years? I have, I have lots of thespian fantasies. Um, yeah, tons of them. Um, so yeah, Michael. So I, I think the unfortunate That's the timing best, with this uh, double entendre you've ever done. <laughs> Um, I Michael, have lots I think of thespian fantasies and the lisp. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's the best double entendre you've ever done. Then you should be entirely ashamed of yourself. Uh, I am. Um, Very so, good. Uh, come here to me, Michael. What is um, it? I think the issue here, Michael, is that it's just you know. It's an oversaturated market, Michael. You have to look at it and say, well, we've done so many of these now, Michael. And to be honest, it, it, it's past the point of diminishing returns. And you'd wonder why you keep going and adding things to this franchise. Anyway, what's next on the, the running order there? Oh, very good. That's very good. It's bloody Indiana Jones 5, Ben. That's <laughs> a very, that was a very good segue. Oh, you've completely ruined my joke that I wanted to do. But I'm oh, willing sorry. to sacrifice it. I'll do it next week. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones 5 and the quest for the we're sorry about Shia LaBeouf being in the last one. I, I, I don't even know if it's that. Like, I, we're sorry about the last one full stop, maybe? Yeah, Indi- Indiana Jones 5 or we fucked 4... Up. And a big wink. Do you, do you think that's going to happen? That they're just going to retcon it? Yeah. No. Because, look, it's an interesting thing because this is, we are the first people ever to see the concept of multi-generational film franchises. It's true. It's just not, it's never been done before. Um is there any film series which has had the same character since when did Indiana Jones come out 84 yeah was it I think so I'll look you it up just now just yeah me better you just give me a big yeah or is that no 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 I think is it is 84 not? don't don't give me jip on my own podcast uh, bloody I'll tell you whose podcast Whoa, it is I'll there. tell you what I can't stand fist. these apple pears oh don't get attached to the cargo <laughs> um, yeah. um, so anyway what was I saying yes how how ma- this is now entering its third generation of film goers essentially yes like this film is going to be seen by the grandkids of people who saw the original in the cinema 1981 michael 81 benjamin 81 this film with the same stars and continuing the same series is going to be seen by the grandchildren of the people who saw the original yeah, it's it's so, really something like, it's like, it's impossible for us to tell how this is going to impact popular culture. Or just by way of comparison, Ben, look how a generation now loves the Star Wars prequel series. It's true. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird because the prequel series was much maligned by the original series fans when it came out, and now. Those two sets of fans have teamed up to hate the new series. But who knows what will happen with those. Those are apparently going to be fully retconned. Benjamin, who gives a shite what anyone's doing about retconning? Oh, I don't. But it's It's, just interesting. Well, funnily enough, I did probably 10 years ago when Avengers was starting to hit. But now that everything is just a multi-tiered, multi-level, always-on, never-off franchise... It's a multi-level Marvel marketing scheme. But it's not just Marvel. Everyone just wants a, a non-stop intermingling franchise. And it's exhausting to try and I keep don't. up with it. I, no, I, you I don't. don't want it. We certainly never thought, Michael, we'd be in a position when we started this podcast where to be relentless. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, who, it is. who would have ever it's... thought, Benjamin, when we started this podcast that there would be too much Marvel stuff for us to watch and we wouldn't be caring about keeping up? There, but, the, but that's exactly what's happened. But look... I think the big controversy of this is going to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in it. Why? Why is it going to be a controversy? Yeah. Is it because it's a Indiana woman? Jones, yeah, because it's a woman. And uh, get fucked. Indiana Jones appealed majorly, not exclusively, but majorly to young boys in the 80s and 90s who are now 40-year-old men or 50-year-old yeah. men. And a lot of them... 
um, are reasonable people and will happily go see a film with a woman in it. But a small but vocal minority will think <laughs> that this is wokeism, Ben. Wokeism gone mad. Um, but, look, yeah. what I was going to say is, who better than Phoebe Waller-Bridge? I'd much rather Phoebe Waller-Bridge than some hot young new actress. Yeah, I think I think I'm behind that. I think I'd that's pretty solid. I'd much rather Phoebe Waller-Bridge than Isa Gonzalez. I don't know who that is. She was in Andor. Oh yeah, she was Bix. Was she Bix? I don't know. I think I don't know. I didn't finish watching it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was. It was her, very actually. good, but I yeah, just yeah, didn't finish really good, watching yeah. it. Something yeah. else came out that I had to do for the podcast, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Bloody franchise mm. overload, Ben. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that it's Phoebe Waller Bridge. I like that it's someone who's like approaching forty, and you know, not primarily known for being attractive. Not that she isn't, Benjamin. Not that she isn't. Not that she isn't. But that's not her thing. They've yeah, taken a risk no, by. Go on. She's no bloody Daenerys Targaryen. What's her name? Amelia de Clark. Emilia Clark, I think. I don't know. Emilia de Clark, her, uh, her Italian cousin. Um, yeah, she's she's not that. She's not an Anna de Armas. No, exactly. You know. So they've gone for an interesting character actor comedian. So yeah. I kind of I I'm intrigued by it. Do you know who I would have preferred in the role? All the same. Who would you have preferred in the role? Anna de Armas. Michelle Yeoh. Um, <laughs> Very good. Well, Michelle Yeoh is probably in it, Ben, because she's she got probably an is. Death I think we could probably put money on it right she's now. She's got a, an enormous Nicholas Cage style debt problem that she needs. Yes, to pay if off. only she would stop putting money on things. Um, uh, of all of the things that I've seen this week, Benjamin, of all of the trailers that I've endured, this is the one I'm second most excited about. Was Indiana Jones? Oh, that's good. What's the first, Michael? Bloody Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Benjamin. I couldn't give a flying fuck, Michael. Oh, go on. Chris Pratt has put me off everything. Crisp P. Rat. Crispy Rat. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. That's not my joke, Benjamin. That is James Gunn's joke. Oh, damn it. Benjamin, do you remember the Suicide Squad? Yeah. Do you remember there was a lady in it called Rat Catcher? Yeah. The actor, the rat actor who played her rat was called Chris P. Rat. I love it. Yes. I love it. Um... That's where that came from. So, Michael, this is an interesting one. The the, the thing of this seems to be we've been running our whole lives. Yeah. Have they? Oh, yeah. Is that that accurate? Yeah. Look, listen, Ben. I think the Guardians... Ben, look, listen, would you? Listen for a second. I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. I think the Guardian of all of the characters in Marvel's uh, oeuvre... Yeah. A little French word for you there. Thanks. Um, of all of the characters, I think that they've been given the the shortest shrift from the last couple of years. Yeah, they got a real they got a real shitty hand dealt to them. They did, and even in Endgame, Infinity War, Thor, Thor, no use. What was it? Love and Thunder. Um, yeah. In all of those things, they were their roles were greatly reduced, making them the entire gang of them comic relief. Yes. Now, except Nebula, maybe, and Gamora, to an extent. To an extent. Their story has been propelled forward with them as comic relief C-list characters. Background gang. And I can't wait for them to get to do, to be the heroes again. Yeah, that'll be good. Same director, same trilogy, same timeline... Assuming that you don't have to have seen all the rest of it, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be the last vestiges of the pre-Endgame Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is this where is this the point where you retire, Michael? This are you are you hanging might, up your cowl at the end of this? This might be my last hurrah, Ben. Um, I, I I was watching uh, Avengers Endgame the other day. Yeah. As I do, I just kind of watch it sometimes. Yeah, you do, it's true. And my lovely lady friend happened to come in at the moment where the portals open and Sam says, on your left. Yes. And then, and then T'Challa walks through the portals and then the, the Wakandas start coming through going, Bombay! And then, you know, the Ravagers appear and and she just went, they should have stopped after this. 
and I and said to her do you know what yeah. straight out of the mouth of significant others yeah. like yeah um, and I said to her yeah you know what in fact straight after this they should have had that scene <laughs> they should have just had that scene the Avengers all charge forward it cuts to black text appears on the screen the Avengers won and everybody lived happily ever after and then that's it there's no more films that I mean it's so interesting Michael we have really proved the Chris Nolan Batman you either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain <laughs> because in the beginning we were like oh do you know what we hate begrudgers we hate the naysayers and now we're just like fuck phase four. Oh, fuck, fuck get, phase four put it in a big bin so I'm kind of hoping then that of all now the only problem with this bit of this glimmer of hope that I'm clinging on to hope's the thing is, that'll get you I know hope is the thing that's I think that was also Christopher Nolan who said that <laughs> um, it, the, the one concern I have about this glimmer of hope was that everything about the glimmer Ben same director same actor same actors same cast all of that was also true of the worst Phase 4 film, Thor Love and Thunder. Thor Love and Blunder, yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, it's no, taken no, me about actually, six bit, months to come up with that. A um, bit pedestrian, actually. A bit pedestrian. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I don't should know. It should listen. Uh, yeah, go on. I don't know if it's a case of sheer exhaustion on the part of people. Like, I think Taika Waititi just didn't care anymore. Um, Taika Waititi is is ADHD in human form and I think he probably was just like I've done this project quite a few times now I don't know if I need to keep going with this uh, probably just uh, do something else <laughs> Yeah, Benjamin look it has the high evolutionary in it does it? yeah 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 he's, uh, that... he's on the planet of turning all the animals into humans that is the first villain that I ever read Michael way way back in 1990 something I was given an X-Men annual oh yeah for Christmas and in the X-Men annual was the high evolutionary he was the villain and what was um, he doing was he turning animals he was turning into people into chimeras like hybrid he's always hybrid. doing that he's always he's, at yeah. it yeah it's not great Kanye West probably really likes him and his eugenics Probably I a, don't get that reference when Ah, oh, Michael, never mind. There's there's about three people that simultaneously understand the Kanye West drama at the minute and listen to this podcast and they'll be like yeah. um, <laughs> a great Kanye West jibe, Benjamin. I've known uh, yeah, Kanye West. It's it's grand. Yeah. You can just let it go. Um speaking, Michael. Yes, what is it? Of letting things go. How are you gonna feel letting it go? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. I don't know, Ben. I'd like I to film know. your reaction as a documentary. I, well, here's the thing. I think I've already emotionally let it go. I think you've probably have. You've emotionally severed yourself from it. Yeah, so I see them all still. But I've also seen every DCU film. And that's, I've also seen every true. film. I've seen every film in the Valiant cinematic universe, including Bloodshot. And Bloodshot. That's it, that's, yeah, that's it. Just Bloodshot. I'm Bloodshot. I am Bloodshot wrong franchise Vin wrong franchise so I've seen every film in every comic cinematic universe Benjamin but my flag was definitely hoisted to the Marvel Cinematic Universe flagpole up until probably so much so but probably not as much anymore yeah unless they bring me back with Guardians Volume 3 Ben I don't know if they can Michael We'll bloody see, won't we? We'll, we will. We'll, 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 we'll probably be in the cinema supporting it with our monies. We'll give it some of our money, Benjamin, and it will have that fella in it, Will Coulter. Will Coulter. Oh, that fella there, Will Poulter, even if you want it to be accurate. But He's going to um, be Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock. Big muscular Adam Warlock. He's gotten buff. He's gone big and buff. Um, yeah, yeah, I see. Ben, I told you, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it with enough steroids, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steroids, yeah. It's it's roids, Michael. That's what it yeah, is. Creatine. Um, creatine and roids for the gang. And, you know, uh, dedicated 24-hour coach and fitness team. Yeah, yeah. You know who doesn't do it anymore, though? Who? Ryan Reynolds. Is that so, Michael? Yeah, he's never taken his shirt off anymore. When's the last time you saw Ryan Reynolds take his shirt off? Last week when I went to a very, very exclusive Hollywood meetup with him. Oh, yeah. very good. Like an eyes yeah. wide shut. 
like an eyes wide shut, Michael. Um, I we, I wasn't supposed to know it was him, but uh, he made too many one-liners and quips um, <laughs> smugly for me to not recognise him. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's kind of that was that. Uh, Michael, there, there was a point where Guardians of the Galaxy would have been quite influential, Michael. Go on. And there was a point where the Marvel Cinematic Universe probably shaped a few sub-genres here and there. I would say so, yeah. Um, and one of those, Michael, was was definitely Deadpool. And it's it's hard to argue which influenced which more. But I think Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy were kind of tied for genre bending at the time. Go on. Um, so before that, I think one of the, the greatest criticisms you could level at... 2012 Joss Whedon's Avengers go on or 2008's Thor 2010 2010's Thor or the early Iron Man or the early bloody uh, Captain America took itself a bit serious okay go on I thought Thor was kind of farcical but alright 2011 for Thor He, Uh, he, he kept bumping into things Ben yeah, but I think he you kept know bumping into things. The background was very serious, Michael. Hey, Benjamin, on. he bumped into things. He got tasered as well. Remember? I forgot he got tasered. Yeah, he did get tasered. It's true. He, he was tasered. Bumping into things, and getting tasered. But I do think they were a little bit straight laced, Michael. And then I think Guardians of the Galaxy came along, and I certainly remember seeing Guardians of the Galaxy and going, "This is all right. It's a revelation." This is- this is a bit of a revelation. And then I remember, Michael, we got the first trailer for Deadpool, which arguably wasn't a Marvel film, Michael, because it was part of the Fox canon. Yeah, Fox Cinematic um, Universe. But that was their kind of vanguard for a different style of superhero. And I remember it being distinctly different, Michael. I was like, this is so silly, but very good. It had X going to give it to you in it. Yeah, and it was an enjoyable thing, and it was very silly, and it was very Ryan Reynolds, but it worked. It worked, Michael. Um, and this week, when I was kind of, you know, batting away the existential dread of existence, um, I stumbled across on TikTok somebody referring to it as a genre, Deadpool as a genre. Deadpool as a genre, Benjamin? I don't know what you mean. And all. I said, Please, what, on earth, what on earth does this young white man who looks like he may not leave his basement very often mean? Um, and then I realized I was looking at a mirror and trying to scroll. It was very awkward. Right. Um, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's very awkward. Uh, but Michael, I, I think you might be onto something there because shortly after that, I saw the trailer for David Harbour as Santa Claus in Violent Night. Violent Night, Holy, Holy night. night, All is dark, All is fight. There we go. Very good. Um, yeah, just just about pull that out of my ass. Um, so, uh, Michael. It's bizarre. It's um, it's a film where Santa Claus is forced to take on a crew of criminals as they yeah. attempt to take a rich person's house and hold the family to ransom. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's that's the film. Um, and Michael... I, it has all the, the, the hallmarks of a Deadpool film. Um, and what I've broken that. I've broken it down into the st- three distinct categories, Michael. Okay. Um, now this character was around before Deadpool, but it has certainly become a central focus since Deadpool. And that's the Santa inco- Claus. That, that is no, not Santa Claus, Michael. That is the the character trope of the incompetent badass. Oh yeah, go on. Um, so he's kind of a bumbling buff- buffoon, and yet mm. highly fucking skilled. Yeah, yeah, terrifying. He- He's like a, a, a schlubby machine. Um, and it's kind of interesting. So that's the first one. It's the incompetent badass. So who's doing that? Who's, whose character is like that? There's a, there's a few different ones. But in Violent Night, it's Santa Claus. Obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's the Santa Claus character. You can see it. He, he plays a nervous, out-of-his-depth machine. Just a weapon um, of a human being, and he kind of takes them out in a. I suppose it's a bit like Steven Seagal in Under Siege, um, but played for laughs. Yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal not intentionally played for laughs. You mean? Yeah, intentionally played for laughs. I love Under Siege. I unapologetically it's think it's the greatest Steven Seagal film, um, and uh, yeah, it's bizarre. But yeah, so it got me thinking about that particular trope, Michael. Um, so the incompetent badass is. 
very, very common. The most recent example I could think of was Bullet Train. Did you ever watch Bullet Train? I didn't watch Bullet Train. It had Brad Pitt in it. Yes, Bradley Pitt. And Michelle Yeoh, I assume. Um, no, actually, funnily enough, not. Um, it did have Yazzie Beats in it. Oh, um, yeah. It also had a bloody noted internet thirst trap. Uh, what's his name? No! Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Thank you so much. I knew you'd know who the internet thirst trap was. Um, and then it has uh, Brian Tyrese Henry in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he, was in, um, he was in Eternals. He was. He was him Him that was there in that Eternals thing there he now. Was, he was fastos, Ben. Nobody liked that. Uh, did they not? Nobody. No, nobody liked it. Benjamin, it's not Yazzie Beats, by the way. It's it's Zazie. It's Zazie Beats. Yazzie Beats yeah. is, is just... It's probably... I feel like it's racist. A little um, bit, yeah. Little bit, was yeah. I racist? You've mispronounced Jazzy Beats, basically. Um, oh You've just no. done a Ron Burgundy on the oh word no. Jazzy Beats. That's terrible. Mm, um, great, I'm very sorry. Yeah. I'm very sorry, guys. Um, that That is on me. 100%. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I think what we look at in, in terms of stuff like that is all three of those men are a good example of an incompetent badass. They are essentially incredibly neurotic people mm. that are given ridiculously high-level skills. So that yes. was that was kind of driven forward by... Right, that's the, that's the only character Ryan Reynolds has ever played. Pretty much Hannibal King. Yeah, his his later career especially, um, The Hitman's Bodyguard, yes. you know, Six Underground, uh, yes. Red Notice, yes. you know, all the films that I can't remember the plot of to save my life. Um, I, think, I think they have the same plot, largely. I think they might just be the same film. I think they yeah. used AI and they just generated different skins over the actors and called it something yeah, yeah. else. Except it's always Ryan Reynolds. Benjamin. Yeah. I think the ultimate, ultimate example of that character trope, and I Go think it, it does fit in with your concept of the Daredevil genre, but it's probably a little bit older, is Archer. Archer's a perfect example. Yeah. Archer is a perfect absolutely example. Absolutely useless. And then like just extremely terrifyingly capable in bursts. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, at one point, Archer's a great example, because as I said, this existed before Deadpool, but I think Deadpool has propelled it as a core staple as in you know it's okay to make a lot of films with this type of character yeah just um, put them everywhere just put them everywhere just stick them in there it's grand but mm-hmm. Archer is a perfect example of a character that did that and I, it got me thinking Michael what's the earliest example I could think of Rick O'Connell from The Mummy Rick O'Connell yeah 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 um, Rick, Rick isn't terrifying uh, he's not terrifying but he's incredibly capable yeah he's just shoot like a something out of someone's hand or something from miles away or whatever yeah and he'll be like oh nice it worked um, yeah. and you know there's, there's a lot of that going on for him um, so I, I was completely behind that as a concept um, so that was kind of the first one I saw then we had like the fast talking while fighting kind of trope that came into the incompetent badass thing as well that's become a staple in comics in you know that kind of fast talking action stuff has mm. become such a huge thing to the point where Michael, you know, do you, you seem, mean? Do you sorry to interrupt, Ben? Do you mean quipping and jipping around while you're doing a fight? Qu- quipping and jipping around to the point where it irritates the life and soul out of the people that you're fighting. Um, no, Benjamin. Yeah. Before you go any further with that, go on. Wasn't that Spider-Man's whole thing in the sixties and seventies? Yeah, absolutely. Just, he just annoyed his villains into submission, basically. Annoyed the shit out of them, Michael. Absolutely. I, I think that's I think that's 100% fair. I don't think the trope made its way to film. No, because Toby Maguire is too sincere. He's too sincere, Michael. That's the issue. Like, I, I think one of the things that early superhero cinema, and I can't believe we can say that with a straight face, but early superhero cinema, very straight-laced. Um, And that was often the downfall of early superhero films. We went and watched them and the sincerity of them often came across as kind of mockish. And you were just Mm. like, this is silly. (laughs) This is fucking silly. Whereas Deadpool is the first one that's like, this is fucking silly. And it's great. You Mm. know, 
I think there's a tonal shift in Deadpool that we see, probably gently lifted by Guardians of the Galaxy, which I can't. I think came out a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, no, a good bit earlier. I think a good bit earlier, but I I think that tone was established, and I think James Gunn had a dalliance with it in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then the Deadpool team just went full throttle. But you can notice that Michael in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Go on. They do ramp up the silliness of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And if you were to look at a balance, Michael, and say that, you know, you need to strike the perfect balance between self-aware and sincere, Mm. I would say that Guardians of the Galaxy 1 did a very good job of being sincere and self-aware. But Guardians of the Galaxy 2 leaned heavier on self-awareness than sincerity. Yes, I mean, it 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 certainly reduced the character of Drax from... Drax is uh, Drax has kind of become an incompetent badass as well in in a way. I'm not even sure Drax is a badass. Um, he was pretty badass in the in the Christmas special. Ah, oh, damn it! Okay, I have to go watch the Christmas special. Yeah, he's all right. Pretty, like he's pretty badass in the Christmas special. Then he's I, flipping over cars with one hand. People are shooting him with guns, and he's just kind of laughing because he thinks it's fun. I wonder was that intentional, Michael? Because he was kind of nerfed. A bit in yes. the in the previous I, installments, and James Gunn I was like, "That's it, not fair on Dave." Yeah, I imagine it was entirely that. I think the Christmas special. Looking back on the Christmas special, the Christmas special was James Gunn's apology note to Drax and Mantis. It's a primer, I think. It's it's a get ready for the GOT GOTG three. Probably, possibly, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um. So you know, I think we've seen that across the Marvel universe. After Deadpool. We saw it certainly in Thor 3 Ragnarok. Yes. Where that balance was to be struck. Yeah. But I think we've seen the failure of Deadpool as a genre in Thor Love and Thunder. Mm. Um, I I think when that balance between self-aware and sincere isn't struck very well, it's a disaster. Um, However, it can be done brilliantly. I think uh, Suicide Squad... James Gunn's Suicide Squad is the, the perfect Suicide example Squad. of this and it kind of yeah the Suicide Squad is the perfect example of this and I think it kind of takes one more key thing which is that B-list becomes A-list so you take all these obscure ah. characters Michael and you boot them on up to you know main character status where you would never have done that before and um, we saw that with Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool we saw it with Colossus who's how very dare you call Colossus a B-lister He's a B-lister in the cinema How universe, certainly. dare you put Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead in the same tier? I didn't do it. Deadpool did. Deadpool. Benjamin, that's a very good point. Uh, and I suppose further to that point, the the show that is incredibly Deadpool-y Go in on. its influences is Peacemaker. Yeah, 100%. So that's so, where you're going. Yeah. Uh, no, but like you, you got there before me, which is a, it's, it's a good thing. It means that the argument holds a little bit of water. A little um, bit of water. A little bit of water. Um, I think, I would argue that Peacemaker is Deadpool done better. Yeah, yeah um, Peacemaker's better than Deadpool. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because it readdresses the balance of sincerity. We end up caring an awful lot about John Cena's ridiculously over-the-top villain, mm. um, who's not really a villain at all. Well, he is a villain in in the in the movie. He is in the movie, but we get a such a deep dive, Michael, into that character um, mm. post movie. Um, still, probably one of the best series of the year that I saw. Yeah, very good. That's this year. That was this year. Holy that shit! That was this year. I think that might be the only series I've seen in its entirety this year. No, yeah, yeah, Rings of the Dragon. No, Rings of Power. It's too many things coming out, Michael. It's very hard to keep up with. But I, I do think Deadpool has caused a ripple effect. And I think we might be... I think one of the places where it might be most felt is in the Disney TV series. Go on. Um. So we watched She-Hulk, Michael. Yeah. And She-Hulk has always been meta and self-aware. Even before Deadpool. Even before Deadpool. But I think that tone is definitely borrowed in She-Hulk. She-Hulk went full comedy. Um, and a lot of that B-list to A-list, um, you know, incompetent badassery kind of thing is very, very present in She-Hulk. Go on. Um, so I think Emil Blonsky is probably the the prime 
recipient of that treatment. You know, Emil Blonsky was awful in the 2008 Incredible Hulk. He's an he asshat. Com- he was an asshat, but he was very competent. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So post-Deadpool, mm. we got an Emil Blonsky that is essentially a big new age hippie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not like Emil Blonsky could destroy, arguably destroy She-Hulk or anybody that caused an issue, but he's been completely nerfed in favor of uh, self-awareness mm. and kind of jokiness. Yeah, um, yoga and whatnot. He's not a villain anymore. And we, it's funny, we tried to run predictions on this, Michael, where we were like, oh, do you think he's going to have a heel turn? Do you think he's going to end up a villain? No, not at all. He, 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 he did attend that conference. But he didn't go anywhere. And then it was heavily implied that he didn't realise what conference he was speaking at. Mm. He didn't know it was the I Hate She-Hulk conference. He just found out that he, he was just booked to talk at a conference. <laughs> great, great stuff. Great stuff for the um, She-Hulk. But that's what I mean. Like, it didn't turn out very well. But I think, you know, I think the great illusion that Deadpool might have cast over us is that anything goes. And it doesn't. You still need pillars and building blocks. You still need a bit of sincerity is what you, you're saying. You, d- you still need a bit of sincerity and you still need to balance that, that you know, that dichotomy as best you can oh I saved myself there I was going to say balance that balance Michael but I pulled myself out of it oh no I reached, that wouldn't make any sense I reached into the uh, gotta balance that balance um, that t-shirt will be in our merch shop very 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 soon gotta balance um, that balance yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I think it's very interesting and I think we're we're probably going to see a few more films we'll have to go watch Violent Night Michael yeah yeah it's out it's out now um, we out, didn't get no, a chance to see now. it unfortunately We've had a very busy weekend, Benjamin. We've been very busy, Michael. Some we were D and Ging with the boys, very much so. And then we went to that that fan announcement for Transformers Beastie Boys. Yeah, I, I regret that to be honest. I also regret that. That was a huge waste of six hours of our lives, and I got dressed up as the Beastie Boys for nothing. Benjamin, also available in our merch shop is the T-shirt with a picture of your face and the phrase "I'm the reason for Michelle Yeoh's debt problem." Yeah. It's me. Hi, I'm the gambling problem. It's me. Um, I'm the one who caused it. Yes. Uh, Anyway, Michael, uh, let's see what the listeners think. Do you think Deadpool's a genre? Do you think it's a lot of shite? Let us know. There's a few different. Yeah. What? There were quite Deadpool, Deadpooly movies before Deadpool. Go on. I went back and had a look at some of them, and now that you've given me your kind of um, criterion, Ben, tell me your three criterias. So my three criterias are uh, incompetent badass. Yeah. B-list becomes A-list. Yeah. And self-aware yet sincere. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Because what I was kind of looking at more was kind of frenetic, farcical shoot-em-ups. Oh, yeah. Including, for example, 2007's Shoot-em-Up. Oh, my God, Michael. What a great example. With bloody Clive Owen. What a great example. Clive Owen's last great film. (laughs) Very good and very underappreciated film, Benjamin. So good, apart so from good, the Benjamin. weird Monica Bellucci of, scenes, but still. It has a very weird Monica Bellucci sex scene where they're doing a big sex, Ben, while there's a gunfight. It's very strange, Michael. And that pushes the envelope more than the Daredevil movies do. The Daredevil but movies, you say? De- Deadpool. <laughs> it's twice tired, you've it's made late. that error. It's late, Benjamin. Get out of here. Very late. We've Get been busy boys. Get out of here. Um, the other ones, Ben, obviously, the, the other ones that kind of initially might seem to be in the same genre are the two Cranks. Oh, Michael, Crank is a great shout. Very Crank stylistically won. similar. Very stylistically similar, but um, I've forgotten his name. God damn it. Jason Statham. Not Jason Statham, the character. Um, Cranky boy. Great, no, he has a great name. Um, no, but he's not an incompetent badass. He's just a common or garden badass. Common or garden badass. He has a great name. I know we're both desperately looking it up. We we both uh, are, Michael. He has an incredible name. Uh, Chef Chelios. Chef Chelios. <laughs> Chef Chelios isn't incompetent. Or a B-lister who gets bumped up because he was created for the Crank movies. Chev Chelios. But you could imagine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why not? Played by Jason Statham. Why not? Fucking just Chev Chelios. That sounds good. Stick that down. Yeah. yeah is he Greek? 
I don't know. I don't know, Ben. Anyway, sorry, you were doing your wrap-up. Uh, I was doing my wrap-up. What do you think, apart from mixed stellar examples there, what other examples do you have of Deadpool as a genre? Or do you think it's a lot of guff? Um, a load of old guff. A load of old guff. Get in touch with us in a few different places, ladies and gentlemen. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means Tony Roman Irish. It does indeed. You can find us on Instagram at Your Luxury Listen Podcast. Always up to date with the latest in pop culture news, rumours and gossip. Fuck you. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at ListenSure. You can. You can find us. You can find us. You won't find anything there, but you can find us. But the best way to get in touch with us, ladies and gentlemen, as always, is to hop up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it, Benjamin. It's where all the all the all the buzz is. All the all the buzzy boys. Uh, not That's the beastie boys. I've no. made that mistake once this week already. Um, mm. but there's plenty of buzz. That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. See you next week where we will hopefully have seen a violent night and we'll do an impromptu rendition of the song. Violent night, holy night. <laughs>